We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. A little left to 6.15 tonight. We'll have Brandon Lang from brandonlang.com. Uh, at 6.35 tonight, uh, the greatest defensive line coach ever, Pete Jenkins, will join us. And then at 7.20, LSU head baseball coach, Jay Johnston. Bob, uh, Mike Renner is the first to report this from Pro Football Focus, and he is located in Cincinnati, Ohio, and that there has been a a warrant uh, for an arrest for Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon on account of aggravated menacing, and reports are that he possibly pulled out a gun on someone. So, well, that, well, uh, these that's, are early reports. Well, well that's about really Joe. smart. That's really smart. Um, yeah, you're, 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 come on, you're an idiot. What uh, are you doing? But a warrant has been issued in Cincinnati for uh, Bengals running back uh, Joe Mixon, who's uh, on account of aggravated menacing. Again, we don't know all the details well, of what's happened uh, with this, but man, one thing you don't need is a distraction like this right before you play in the biggest game uh, uh, that he's just well, ever played. And we wondered a little bit about. That's why P. Ryan Maybe played more. Maybe P. Ryan paid more, and we talked about it. It was two to one snaps compared to what P. Ryan over Joe Mixon. I mean, what is Joe Mixon doing, Mike? You know the draft, and you know how you rate everyone and all that. He was a first round talent, and the Bengals have always taken a chance on outliers, like players like I don't know. They've always taken a chance. Uh, they kind of uh, when Marvin Lewis was there. You could bet every year he would take a couple the, of chances. Who was the linebacker yep. that was half crazy? I can't think of his name. Perfect? Yeah. Uh, 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 Montez Perfect. Uh, uh, no, he was crazy. But he could play, but he was still crazy. Now, Joe Mixon coming out of Oklahoma, by what he was like late second, mid second, or whatever. And I had him ranked as the 18th best player in yes. that draft class, but I knew he wasn't going in round one. Well, uh, all of a sudden. Because of the incident. And we talked. Uh, Deuce and I, and you talked about well, it at Higgins, Friday. At Higgins Hotel, uh, World War II. Uh, and then Joe makes it, I don't know, he has a problem with this woman or is his girlfriend. And he punches her in a Burger King or something. What? You can't hit a woman. What are you doing? What are you doing? And so now. That uh, may have answered our question before the AFC Championship game and why he was playing not more used more. Ryan. Yeah. That may have well been uh, the shoot that falls Well, here. Uh, Mike, I don't even know. I have to look back at my notes. But the number of snaps. So let's just say. It was almost double. Wasn't that's it? what I'm saying. Okay. If they had uh, uh, 70 snaps. or, or okay, So let me. Uh, whatever. It was two to one. Uh, With P. Ryan, come yeah, on, yeah, he ain't yeah, in yeah. the same area code as Joe Mixon as a player. And uh, so, if uh, you know how you mix it up, and uh, who's in the game, who's out the game, if um, if Mixon had seventeen snaps, uh, P. Ryan had thirty four or thirty four plus. I mean, it was that much difference. 
So, so what is Joe Mixon doing? Uh, I don't know, but this is a developing story, first broken by Mike Renner, who we've had on here from Pro Football Focus, uh, that um, an arrest warrant has been issued for Joe Mixon on account of aggravating aggravated menacing. Menacing, is that because he, uh, what, he pulled Threat- out a gun apparently or Apparently threatened someone, someone with a gun. With a gun? And so we'll, so, we'll so what are you going to do, Joe? You're going to shoot him, and what does that do? What does that accomplish? Come on, dude, you're in the real world. You've been blessed. You've been prosperous. Uh, come and on. with wealth that can transform not only you but your family members for generations, NFL wealth. Man, he's just a gangster. Man, uh, that – that's that's certainly disturbing to hear. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 and Brandon Lang from BrandonLang.com right up to this break here on the Big 870. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detailia along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. It's a little after 6.30 tonight. We'll have Pete Jenkins, greatest defensive line coach ever, come talk to us about certainly uh, – one of uh, the guys that uh, he mentored, Ryan Nielsen, and uh, a little bit about Ryan getting the defensive coordinator's job with the Atlanta Falcons, and he's working out people out in South Florida. About BetMGM, you and I talked about this. They've just come out with a story. Philadelphia, best sports city in the United States. We talked uh, about. Well, yeah, I, I, I would not argue with that. You know, people might say, well, I hate Philadelphia. Well, you can hate all you want. But you have to look at uh, all their major teams that they have in the city of Philly. You know, don't you know the city that from I think, soccer to uh, basketball, pro basketball, hockey, uh, NBA, NBA, major league, major league baseball. baseball no, no, that's and, why. And the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Yeah, to me, if you look at it, and it's not New York. No, if you were living in Boston area, you know Foxborough. If you're living in Boston or uh, Philadelphia, then you're supporting winners. So you, you look at how the seasons coincide, uh, you know, because they interact. Because you know how we know here in New Orleans, we're like so focused on the Saints and the Pelicans already playing. So that's football in the NBA. Now, can you imagine? Now you got to have the population. We don't have that because uh, we're a big town, small city. Uh, we're more regional, even though you look at a city like Boston, that's New England, like the New England Patriots. But uh, we're more Gulf Coast, Gulf South Saints. Uh, even the Pelicans, we expecting that kind of, um, I guess, fan base to support the team. But you look at Philadelphia. Okay, Mike, uh, well, you think they're on a high? The Phillies were just in the World Series. Now, you want to win. The same thing with the Eagles being in the Super Bowl. You don't want to win. You just don't want to get there. But you're supporting a winner. Look where the 76ers are at in the NBA East. So, Mike, right now you know who's down. And they've been uh, up in the past. The Philadelphia Flyers, their hockey team. Yeah. So you look at Boston. Okay, the Patriots post Tom Brady and Belichick. They have some hope, but it's still not there. Okay, uh, yeah, Red Sox. Okay, uh, the Red Sox. No, they, they've taken a, a back. They're not like they were. A little bit of a dive. Yeah, yeah. When they finally won the World Series. But then when you look at like where the Celtics are at and the Boston Bruins, 
The Boston Bruins are the number one NHL team, hockey team. Mike, I want to thought. I think they lost like six or seven games. Uh, they by, by far the number one NHL team right now. And then you look where the Celtics are at. Aren't the Celtics perceived that they're going to represent? I don't know them or the Bucks. Could well be in the East, and I think it's uh, they have a, 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 Milwaukee. They have a good a chance as any. So that's why. Uh, you look at the loyalty of fan base. You say, oh, well, I, I could be a fan. I'm always supporting a winner in some kind of sport. That might be the case. Well, in Philly, no you're what. supporting all the winners yeah, at yeah. this moment in time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, th- that's why, listen, I, I, I kind of check myself. And, um, you know, I, I know the who that nation. We love the Saints and all that. But when I look at it, when you got year-round sports, now, again, uh, well, you, you got to have the population where you get the support. And that's what you have in Philadelphia and Boston and that area because it's so big, uh, the population. Like, for instance, okay, Kansas City, they got the Chiefs. Uh, You might throw a bone out there, uh, but I know it was definitely over a decade plus, and it would be because they're a small market even for baseball, the Royals. If the the St. Louis Cardinals win, that's a different story in baseball. But the Kansas City Royals, if they win, it's like, whoa, that's a great achievement. That's like the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, a small market actually winning Major League Baseball. They used to have an NBA team, uh, the Kansas City Kings. But now the Kings are in Sacramento. So then they don't have hockey in, hockey in St. Louis with the Blues. So the Chiefs are the only animal. That's why even as loyal and as loud as the Kansas City Chiefs fan base is at Arrowhead Stadium. You know who that nation is right up there as far as uh, the decibels, as far as, as far as crowd noise. But still, as far as the city, I'm sorry to say, sorry, Kansas City, New Orleans. We're not on Philadelphia or even Boston's level. Sorry. Bob, uh, more um, kind of feedback. Uh, Ari Mirov is reporting this, that the, the arrest warrant is out for Bengals running back Joe Mixon on one count of aggravated menacing. Uh, Mixon, in the, I guess, suit that was filed, Mixon allegedly pointed a gun at the victim and said, you should be popped in the face, I should shoot you. This happened a day before the AFC Divisional game versus well, Buffalo. Well, that's why he didn't play. Uh, th- th- that's why it's amazing he even played and he went suspended. You know, that even played and said, oh, uh, maybe. Well, it depends on when this was. Yeah, well, when it was revealed. When it was revealed. But that could have well been why he didn't play. Yeah, because you hear rumors and all that. Uh, Why he didn't play. Or he did play, but not in the same realm that we've seen it in the past against Kansas City. Can you imagine if he was the focal point and the Bengals beat the Chiefs and they go to the Super Bowl and this comes out now? (laughs) Oh, Joe Mixon can't play. I mean, it looks bad. It's a bad. That's a bad light in the NFL. Bad light on the Bengals organization. And this so, is uh, what we know of now. Two incidents now involving Joe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, so uh, no, it, it's just totally unacceptable. Uh, listen, you, you can't threaten anybody with a no, gun, uh, e- even even if you just mouthing off. You cannot threaten no, anyone with a gun. Just walk away. So so what? You're less of a man because you walked away. I mean, come on. Uh, listen, you got to flee. Uh, when you have that kind of stroke and, and that kind of recognition and uh, what's on the line, listen, you just got to— Generational wealth for and, Joe and his family. Any kind of problem coming about, you just got to flee. I, I just want to get out of the situation. The same thing with Alvin Kamara. When that you got to walk away that from that. That all went down in Las Vegas. Uh, okay, uh, you might be mad and all that. Uh, there are people around you. Uh, well, let somebody else fight. You just leave. Just walk away. And uh, you cannot 
you got to understand you cannot get in trouble like that because you have too much on the line. Come on. And there's cameras everywhere in this world. People finding out, even Jermaine Pratt, sort of mouth off after the game. And I understand that, man, you know, frustration. You had come so close on Osai making that error. Uh, you know, big mistake of pushing uh, Patrick Mahomes, shoving him out of bounds when he was out of bounds. Uh, come on, that was a camera everywhere, uh, and and it yep. caught uh, Pratt's comments. And come on, that's probably happened so many times, but that camera caught you. That eye in the sky, which is seemingly everywhere. Well, today. well, we all have human emotions, but you almost have to be robotic. You have to understand much is given, much is required in the situation that you're in. And eventually it's going to come to light and uh, it's going to affect the Saints organization. What Alvin Kamara, okay, nothing happened this season. Well, we didn't win anything. He didn't get suspended. But they just pushing it down the road. Mike, I don't know what you think. I, I think for sure, I mean, uh, just a collective bargaining agreement, what's involved. And uh, it's going to be at least six games, if not eight. I, I agree. It'll and, be in that and then I, I think. Now, you might say, well, this isn't the case in Las Vegas, but I think the DA and all that, uh, the NFL does have a lot of power in Las Vegas and future events and all that, that they wouldn't send Alvin Kamara to prison. Because a lot of times you, they don't want you beating up people in Las Vegas. Uh, they, 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 they want to send you to jail and stuff. So Because uh, they're protecting their own image as a city, which you could see a fight right, if but, you turned the corner in well, Las well, Vegas. Well, but well, still, well, that that's... Beside the point. Well, because they don't want people they want people coming to Las Vegas to spend their money where they don't feel like they could possibly get beat up. Yep. Uh, you know, that, that's why they want to nip that in the bud. And, uh, Mike, I, I don't know, but what is your take on this? Uh, I, think what, that have to, I think the Saints would take phone calls. You look in the future what you would have to possibly play, pay a running back like Alvin Kamara, that, um, like, now... now okay, if you're another damaged, team, what, uh, what, what, what are you going to give up for a guy that's right. not going to be there for half a season? But then you'd have to, almost have to look beyond next season, and uh, Mike, and, and I know the you're trade value You're not going to get decline. full value. Right, that's right. all I can I, tell I, you. I, I agree, I agree. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. Papa Pete, Pete Jenkins, will be on with us right after this break on the Big 870. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike, to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. Before we go to Pete, Bob, you got to yeah, no, no, text no, 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 I'm telling you, a lot of Saints fans, Huda Nation members, they kind of think along these lines, even though we think Alvin Kamara is a, a great back. Uh, this is from uh, 6818. He goes, Bobby Mike, the Saints need to trade Alvin Kamara for future draft picks. Running backs, uh, especially this day and age, are, are a dime a dozen. Your thoughts? I, I would agree with that, Mike. And, and, and the, the one under it, when you ask, what is a team willing to pay for a guy that's not going to be there half the season? Just ask the Browns. Okay. Oh, look at the Browns Sean got Watson. a quarterback. Yeah, that was a quarterback. It's, yeah, it's, it's not a running back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, ding, ding, ding. Uh, it didn't register. That quarterback, they think, is going to be there for the next 10 or 11 years. You're not going to have a running back that long. Pete, uh, thanks for joining us. But your thoughts the devaluation of the running back position in the NFL, you see it more and more now uh, than ever before where, you know, hey, listen, you get four or five years out of a back, you move on to the next well, one. Well, it'd be like Mike saying, who, who, who the last high first-round draft pick, Saquon Barkley, first round? I mean, uh, think about it. Yeah, and he's been hurt a lot. Yes, he has. Let me tell you, that's a, you know, it's a – it's a high, you know, hey, Bobby, you know this. I mean, those guys take a pounding, man. Right. I mean, it's it's a, it's a high-risk precision, I think. 
Yeah, it's high it's risk, high, high reward. You're right. Of, yep. Everybody's got one. Yeah, and, and Pete, a lot of teams feel like they could uh, find a back that's going to contribute at a high le- level in the later rounds. And, yeah. it, it, and you it can find them there. Yeah, it it's not ha- like at the quarterback yeah, position. It doesn't have to be a first round. <laughs> and look at you look at all the third and fourth round picks running backs that are starting in this league. It's it's unbelievable uh, how that has worked out. Pete, uh, one of the things Ryan Nielsen and every time I talk to Ryan and tell him about who's the biggest influence, and he was like, "Come on, you ask me that every year, but it's two guys: Pete Jenkins, Ed Ogeron." Your thoughts on on Ryan getting to become the new defensive coordinator? Well, you got to uh, be proud. Hey, hey, Pete, yeah. You, you got to be like a proud papa, right? You poking out your chest. Uh, I am. <laughs> I'm really happy for him. You know, um, it's all about what the end game, what you got in mind. I, I can remember. Saying to you before, Mike, Ryan really wants to be a head coach. Yep. Okay. And you know, there's a process involved. Right. This is a this is a step in the process, and uh, he's really excited. You know, he got called the two preseason games at New Orleans, two of the preseason games, and um, he's excited, and I'm excited for him. I, I think it's a great it's a great step for him towards something that he wants, which is that head job. Now, uh, you know what, uh, Pete, I I thought, and we all thought the Saints defense uh, was going to do this at the beginning of the season. When you look at scoring defense, and and what's your, all through the years, maybe your evaluation, uh, I looked at the Saints defense. They were limiting opponents to 16 points per game in the last nine games, uh, but they averaged just uh, 12.5 points per game in that span and they were four and five. But if this day and age, if you limiting opponents oh, in the teens, hey, hell yeah, you should win, right? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, I, I would tell Ryan, I said, you know, Charlie Pell, who I worked for at the University of Florida, he used to tell the offense, he said, offense, you got to put a little enthusiasm in the defense's cup. <laughs> and, and I would tell Ryan, I said, you know, but you can tell them all you want. Don't look at the scoreboard. Don't worry about that. But it's natural to know that you're not. You can't give up many points. If you do, you're going to get beat. And uh, I thought, you know, I thought the latter part of the season, I don't know, eight or nine games, or so that I thought they really played well, especially right? up front. Yeah, I did. Uh, he wasn't happy. There was a time there. I want to say it was around the Panthers, but he he was down about it. Uh, yeah, in fact, his, his yeah. words to me were, this is the worst we played since I've been here. But let me tell you, every week he was, I mean, he he, get, he got more excited about it. And he thought the guys were really playing hard and doing doing as good a job, you know, under those conditions. It, you know, offense just beat, I mean, the defense, it helps points help the defense, man. Yeah, and you know, Peter, along those lines, now he's a D coordinator with the Falcons. Can I don't know if he can. I mean, I think he can still motivate him. Can he make Grady Jarrett better? Because uh, that, that, that how dude, much better? He's uh, really no, good no. now. <laughs> because he would start for every NFL team. Yeah, I think Grady's Grady. Uh, yep, right. You got to get I, the other guys going. <laughs> if I took that job. He'd be the last guy to be worried about. You know, I said, right, right. I agree. You be you be Grady, okay? And uh, he's you know I don't think there's a lot around Grady. Um, I agree with you there. Yep. 
I don't think I asked him when he called me to tell me about the job. I asked him, I said, well, no, Grady, who else you got? And he said, well, nobody you'd ever heard of. Nobody. <laughs> that ain't good. That ain't good, you know. Pete. But, but look, he, he'll, he'll do a great job. He, he's, you know, he's such a great worker. And, uh, you know, when, when he had me come to NC State years ago, when I first worked with him, it's really funny because they tell the story. When I left, he went up to his office and he took two trash can bags and he poured all of his notes, all of his books, his playbooks. He put them all in those two trash cans, I mean, two garbage bags, and walked them down to the uh, dumpster and threw them in the dumpster. <laughs> and, and he started all over. He started all over with the things that, that we try to do. And he's done a great job, I think, uh, with, you know, there's times Ryan has been playing basically free agents and low draft choices, except for the ends. Now, the ends. Right, the right, ends right. Were, Cam uh, Jordan and Davenport yeah, and all them, yeah. Peyton, yeah, Peyton, Peyton Turner. Turner. Right. Yeah. yeah, but the inside guys, I thought played extremely well. And Shy has gotten where he's – Shy makes a lot of plays. Shy Tuttle, yeah. Yeah. And that was the guy Ryan tried to recruit to North Carolina State because he yeah. was a North Carolina guy, and he goes to Tennessee, and he has a ton of injuries there. And then, yeah. you know, when it came down to trying to recruit him, it was Ryan that got him here to New Orleans. Well, well, well and you know, Pete, I was telling Mike this. I was on a radio station in Atlanta today, uh, guys that I worked with in the past, and I'm just telling you, all I know is a guy like David Onyemata. Yeah. He, he didn't even know, like, okay, what pads, where did they go? Uh, he might have knew how to put on his jock, but he's, like, thinking, yeah. okay, well, where did the pads go here and there? How he was like yeah. a virgin in American football. Coming from Africa, he goes to Canada. And think about this. His experience he's getting already in pro football. Now, not high school or college, basically. No. It's like in pro football and how much yeah. he's developed. And I think Ryan was a big part of that. You're absolutely right, Bobby. You're absolutely right. And – and uh, David, of course, would tell you that. You know, when he was a free agent three years ago, he would call me. David would call me, and he'd say, this team is talking to me. What's their D-line coach like? And, you know, I never did really say anything bad about anybody, but I would say to him, I'd say, well, David, he ain't Ryan. And, you know, he turned down some teams to stay in New Orleans because, you know, he he knew that Ryan had really helped him along the way. Right. The first time Ryan ever brought him to me, I'm telling you, he didn't know if it was pumped or stuffed. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, he was just, I mean, he was green as a gourd. And, and uh, right. David is, David's done a great job. He really is. And Ryan, Ryan's behind all that, man. I mean, he's, he's and I think, I think Tuttle's the same way. When I first started working with Tuttle, Ryan first came to me. He he's come a thousand miles since that time. I, if, if you look at stats, he made some plays for him this year. A lot of tackles, batted ball. This was his you best know? season, Pete. No yeah, question, so. it, it was his best season. Pete, what's your thoughts on today's NFL and really in college football too? Uh, offensive coaches to be hired as head coaches, man. It's like if it's ten, nine of them. Are on the offensive side to football. Now, and, and we living in the era where well, the two greatest coaches of our lifetime, Nick Saban on defense, Belichick, uh, you know, with the Patriots, man, and, and yet now 
the swing right. is heavily, and I mean, it is really, really uh, uh, favored toward the offense. And, and you know, Pete, like Mike's saying, okay, uh, it's 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 uh, it's cyclical, so to speak. Yeah. What have you done yeah. for me lately? You know, yeah. what will help um, go that narrative uh, with that narrative on the offensive side. What the hell the Bills did, and yeah. who's their head coach? Yeah. Mike, defense. And all of a sudden, Sean McDermott is like, what? No, we got to go offense. We got to go offense. Listen, Sean McDermott, he knows what he's doing. But if you don't win, if you don't win the big game, we got to go offense. We got to go offense. It makes a difference that Brian Dabble. Uh, and what he was doing with him uh, offensively. With Josh Allen. Uh, with yeah. Josh Allen. He goes to the Giants, and, you know, you, you watch Daniel Jones. He looked like a different player. All of a sudden, they're saying paying Daniel Jones $32 million. I'm like, $32 yeah. million? He better uh, sat out a year for a million. Uh, yeah, I'm like saying, like, what the? I mean, okay, and I think Daniel Jones is an NFL quarterback. But $32 million, I mean, I could say $22, 25000000 million is still a lot of money, but ain't no $32 million quarterback. Y'all got to remember that old saying, though. Def- I mean, offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships. And I think it's still true, but I think people, you know, they want to be entertained. They want long Amen. Passes. Yes. You know, they, Bobby, you know, I mean, they, they want to be entertained, and entertainment really comes – to them from most people, 90% or 95% comes to them on offense with long runs or long passes or whatever, you know. You know, they don't see the beauty of the defense. uh, Coach Jenkins, I I don't want to interrupt you, but I got to bring this up because I saw the beauty. I got goosebumps, and I was a former NFL quarterback. When I saw Hassan Reddick all of a sudden make the hit on Brock Purdy out of the game when he went for his elbow – Basically, about you, Pete. Oh, Pete, I'm like thinking, yeah, okay, uh, don't hit the quarterback in the head. Don't go for their knees. Hit them too high. Hit them too low. Just attack that arm. Knock the ball out. You might break the arm, but they can't call a penalty. How can you legislate that? Going forward, they never could call that. That's how you stop top offenses. I don't care. It's Pat Mahomes, whoever. Go for that quarterback's arm. And uh, Hassan Reddick, uh, boy, I give him a lot of credit because yeah. here he causes a fumble and look at the impact yeah. of the game. The game was done. You influenced the, the whole game because of that. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you, though, they're going to legislate some stuff. I see it coming. What? How can they? Uh, so what? I'm, I'm going for the ball. Coach Jenkins, you say, like, okay, how can y'all, like, uh, uh, call that against a defensive player? I'm going for the ball. So it just ball. so happens there that their arm or their hand is holding the football. Come on, then you might as well just grab the flag. Yeah, flag football, Pete. I, I don't want to see that. I know. I don't want to see it either, but I'm telling you, they, I see it coming. I see it coming. They're going to they're going to legislate something about that arm. I don't know how they're going to word it, but hey, I spend so much time teaching kids. Hey, ensure the sack with the inside arm. Yep. Tomahawk the ball out without the up the arm. I was and, telling and, uh, that to Bob. Right, right. I, I hear it from you when you do the line yeah. camp and how much oh, you yeah. teach that particular Get part of out. the game. Get it out. Get it out. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of the biggest plays in football, man. Just like you talking about, Amen. the boy making it last week. Hassan Reddick, yeah. Strip sack is it, boy? It's, you know that's a big thing now. 
It really is. And the, no, that that gets me excited. I'm a quarterback, and I don't even know that that gets me excited when I seen Hassan Reddick. Because you know why, Pete? Yeah. Richard did ended his uh, uh, career uh, okay, basically listen. doing the exact <laughs> same thing. Yeah. The same injury it happened against me. So people say, hey, bro, what do you? You can't relate. I can relate. Richard Dent and the Bears did that to me, <laughs> and my ligament. And uh, all I know is, that, oh, is that like I'm looking at the trainers. I don't know. I said my elbows messed up. Uh, I got numbness. I can't hold the football. But it impacts the game. It impacts Packs the game. Uh, don't you want to win as a team? Bobby, I want yeah. you to bring Bobby to the football camp in Thibodeau. <laughs> and we got a drill. I want him to help. You know, just hold the ball in throwing position. Well, and, and, and you and know he what? Can show him the uh, score. Pete, I can show him, and I, I can tell you right now. I don't care how strong, how big your hands are, but your grip. If you yeah. come and, 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 and come on, and, and you a top defensive lineman. There ain't no quarterback in the world strong enough that they ain't fumbling. They fumbling. I, I, I'm telling you, they they, ain't, they ain't possessing that ball. That that's why don't you don't have to cream them and and put them into the turf or, or knock them out or hit them too low. You blow their knee. I'm telling you, you go for their arm, they're gonna fumble or the ball might pop up in there. It's an interception, whatever. I preach it all the time, man. Go for that damn arm. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you, 100%. Coach, uh, your thoughts, uh, last question before we got to go to a break, but uh, Vic Fangio gets the uh, defensive coordinator's job finally. It looked – it was patty cake all over the board. You you had spent some time with the Dolphins and that defense. Yeah, wait a minute. Did he get, did he get that job today? Uh, I think it was finally announced officially today. Yeah, the rumors yeah. were – That he might, this. Yeah, yeah, Denver, yeah, yeah, he might go to Denver, he might go to San Francisco. Who, who knows with Vic? But, but then my, the Dolphins, I, I think that's a great situation but, for him. Come on. Coach, the Dolphins' defense last year, they were they weren't very good at all. Well, but but but, but Vic special, I think Vic special. Their front is really good, Mike. Yeah, I I agree. Talent wise, yeah, I agree. Well, they played well. Let me let me just say this: Wilkins led the league in tackles for defensive linemen. Yep. And fifth was the other tackle, which is a boy named Zach Sealer. So. They had the number one and the number five front guy that that made they led the they were they were first and fifth in the league in the league, and those two they got a young defensive end that boy when he learns to play Jalen Phillips you talking about Phillips Phillips yeah. yeah when he learns to play I tell you he reminds me of Trent Cole when I had him at the Eagles one day Coach Reed said to me he said Pete boy you got Trent making some plays man. And I said, Coach, yes, he is really making a lot of plays. I said, you know, the only bad thing is he's making big plays for both teams. I said, you know, hell, I got to, I got to, I got to get him where, where he's just making big plays for us. But that's the way that's the way that young boy is. He makes he he makes great plays for the Dolphins, but he makes a lot of errors. He'll be, he'll be really good next year though. Hey, and hey, you know, the, the D line coach down there is one of my he he works Cal Bear. Cal Bear, that's him. Yeah, and Derek LeBlanc is assistant. Well, uh, Pete, uh, I know uh, the football fan that you are, and uh, we're all intrigued uh, what's going to come about with the Super Bowl. I mean, to me, I would be shocked if you picked the Chiefs. Because I think – No, because you know why? Guess who Pete worked for? Andy Reid. But wait, but wait, Philly. but wait, but wait, but uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs can't hold the Eagles or or, or the um, or, 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 or the Eagles offense or defensive line job. I agree with that. Uh, because the, 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 the Eagles had seventy sacks. Come on, the Eagles are too good up front. Yep, on 
both sides of the football. They're line of scrimmage. Exactly. They're too good. They're too good. Now, you know, my heart is with Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid. I mean, those four years I was with him, I wouldn't take anything for it. But I'm like you. I don't think they can handle either side, either line of scrimmage. That's what I think. Because when you win up front, because it'll be the ultimate test now. The best player in the game in Mahomes. Now he goes up against an Eagles defensive line. Pete, they had 15 more sacks than anybody in the NFL. 70 sacks. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, No, uh, you let Pat Mahomes uh, uh, win this Super Bowl, they're going to build a statue of him outside (laughs) Arrowhead Stadium. Hey, if he does – he would have earned it. I'll just say uh, exactly. That. That, is, that is a look. I got somebody sent me a uh, tweet or a twit, whatever you call them, most things, and it's got three. It's got three San Francisco defensive plays on it, and that, and and it's got their runs with long runs and touchdowns. I mean, you talking about blocking those folks? It was unreal. That damn Philadelphia offensive lines. They yes. the real deal. They ain't no joke. Pete, uh, thanks no, so no. much for joining us tonight. Man, we always oh, yeah, appreciate always, it. You always do a great job, brother. Appreciate it. All right, Pete. Enjoy. All right, see you guys. All righty. Pete Jenkins, legendary defensive line coach. Uh, Jackie Cheryl said it, the greatest to ever walk on a football field as a defensive line coach. Well, that's Pete knows that's how you coach up-and-coming defensive linemen. Uh, we can't and touch yes, the quarterback. exactly what he does. But you can touch their arm. We'll if be, they're holding the ball, just we'll not be back with more sports just break his arm. The they, they won't call a penalty. We're finishing up here in the 6 o'clock hour. I want to tell everybody again at 7.20, LSU head baseball coach Jay Johnson will be on with us. Bob, again, it's interesting. Pete brought it up, and we were talking about this just the other night. They What type of rule would they make that you can't hit the quarterback's arm? Pete seems to think that in some manner that could happen. I don't know how they could legislate well, well, yeah, yeah. I just don't. Well, you you got to grab the flag. Okay, I can't hit him too low. Can't hit him too high. Okay, you can. You don't have to grab the flag if you hit him around the waist, and then you hit him, but then you gently put the quarterback down. Mike, it's it's unbelievable. And I not play quarterback. I mean, now okay, so you can't go for the arm. I mean, what? No, it's it's gonna be. But we, the fans do not want to see flag, flag football. football. And, 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 and then when you look at the people who are watching in numbers, reality TV, they like controlled violence. I mean, as Americans, we like control violence if you keep it real. And, you know, one of the things Pete didn't get into, but who's the first guy he saw do it? LT. He was with the Giants with Parcells and Belichick. Right. And he said, I, I, I saw LT do it. And he said, I, from that moment on, I started teaching it. Well, and then Ricky Jackson, Tomahawk Chop. Yeah. Listen, I'm telling you, I don't care how strong your grip is, you cannot hold the football if they attack the football or NFL defender. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.